0: Welcome to the Universal Joint Podcast. I am entertainment writer Jim Hill, and my co-host Dustin Fuse and I are recording this podcast on Thursday, August 8th, 2019. So, uh, did we do our due diligence this past weekend, Dustin? Did we go out and watch Hobbs and Shaw?
1: We're, we're putting this off until it uh, shows up on Netflix or whatever streaming service I can find it on. I <laughs> know. Uh, you see, this is the reason that, that Hobbs and Shaw did not do Fast
0: and Furious-sized business this past weekend. Um, I, Don't get me wrong. It, it, it sold 174.2. 4 million worth of tickets stateside, mm-hmm. uh, additional 119 overseas. So, um, I box office currently sits at 193.4 worldwide. Not terrible, you know. I mean, again, movie cost 200 million to make, but at the last Fast and Furious film, uh, Fate of the Furious, cost 250 to make. So, mm-hmm um conventional wisdom is uh that this spin-off of fast and furious will will we'll do okay that you know we'll by the end of the summer we'll be you know a, a certified hit so to speak and it's kind of interesting in talking with people at universal that you know the next two summers they're, they're actually shooting two Fast and Furious films back to back 9 will be out in theaters in on May 22nd 2020 and 10 will arrive April 2nd 2021 so if there's going to be a Hobbs and Shaw 2 which again it is kind of a question at this point potentially we wouldn't see it in theaters for three years uh, summer of 2022 Um, which an interesting little side note about this film is that supposedly it's actually set in 2022, that they they deliberately created some breathing space for the two Fast and Furious films that are being shot right now, just in case they need to sort of circle the Hobbs and Shaw characters back in.
1: Really? That's a very smart move.
0: Yeah, I thought so as well, but...
1: To be honest, at, at the end of the day, I think we've seen a lot of The Rock and a lot of uh, news about Hobbs and Shaw on a number of YouTube shows and the late night circuit. So I think it was just one of those things where the the movie may not have performed stateside what they were thinking but the Mm -hmm. social media side of things you know everyone still loves the rock we're not getting over rocked out just yet Mm -hmm. but i think the the fact that we're going into fast uh nine and ten that's a substantial amount of time that we have grown into this universe so uh we'll see i'm i think as soon as we both see the movie like did you see the movie uh,
0: again, I bet both Len and Drew were making fun of the fact that I haven't escaped the house in weeks. <laughs> yeah, you know, but but you know, in fact, tonight, uh, tonight, I may finally get out. You know, Alice and I may go out and see the new Tarantino. Um, well, because you still haven't. Are, do you have you picked up Toy Story four yet? I, I again at this point, I, I think I'm going backwards. I'm I, at this point, I think I've actually lost Toy Story three. <laughs> uh, So, you know, yes, I I will eventually get out and see things. Um, But again, on the other hand, I'm not a big fan of horror. Didn't see us when it was out in theaters. Did see that a lot of people really, really enjoyed this Jordan Peele movie. Uh, So I'm I'm not honestly surprised that, what, was it just today or yesterday that they announced that they were going to do this as a, a maze for Halloween Horror Nights.
1: Uh, It came out, yeah, yesterday.
0: Okay. Um, I I hate to say this, Dustin, but from an operational point of view, and I apologize for anybody who hasn't seen the film yet, but again, this whole story kind of keys off of doppelgangers, Mm -hmm. and um, isn't that going to be kind of hard to do in a maze that you have to staff? You know, with enough people to be able to swap them out every half hour or so, to because isn't that the procedure? You you're you're on stage for a half hour and you get to be off stage recover for a bit and then come back on
1: or. Yeah, that's the the traditional entertainment side with um, walk around and uh, characters that do meet and greets. I don't know the operational side of Halloween Horror Nights, mm-hmm. but uh, if it's doppelgangers, I don't know if they're going to be using uh, technology to really show that side of things. Like the easiest way to make two of something is put a mirror. So, this is true this is true but you know but at the same time this is this is a maze you have to yeah.
0: pulse hundreds of people an hour through this thing and if I, I forget who I was talking with about this about oh it's it's us the easiest thing to do is you know line a mirror you know up and you know put somebody in front of a coverall and hey there's your doppelganger mm-hmm. um it's is there any word about where this particular maze is is being built? Is it a soundstage or one of the temporary buildings? Have you heard anything?
1: I haven't. Um, on all of the sites that I've been uh, that I do my research on before uh, we record, it's basically just not available or t- to be determined. Okay. Uh, okay. But uh, it looks like with with the amount of construction going on at both Universal in Orlando and then Universal Studios Hollywood, uh, there are plots of land that we may not have even thought about that they're using for uh for halloween horror nights to try and get around the current construction that's happening at the um on the back lot so we'll see okay
0: um well while we're talking about halloween horror night just today that the information broke about the final uh haunted house that that will be based on original content and I, i guess uh this one is is Strictly for Orlando, what is called Graveyard Games. Um, I've got an official description here that says, Graveyard Games will transport guests to a haunted cemetery where vengeful spirits have been awakened from their grave. Uh, As guests venture through the graveyard in the dead of night, the ghastly apparitions will rise from their tombstones ready to torment any soul who so foolishly disturbs them but the graveyard is not meant for the living and guests will soon realize that no one gets out alive. And I, I, I'm sorry, but <laughs> I, that's kind of generic. I don't know. my, <laughs> here's my bar for, for entertainment, you know, themed entertainment writing. Yeah. It has to be better than something
1: I could write. <laughs> you know? and yeah. That's, I don't know. I, I that's it, wow. Um, like, I, I understand the hook is and guests will soon realize that no one gets a lot out alive, but that's, that doesn't leave really any story. Like, I get it. Okay, no one gets out alive. Okay. Foolishly, I'm like, all right. This, it sounds very much of a mix between the haunted mansion mm-hmm. and a you know haunted house that happens during the Halloween season in your local backyard. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems like that type of a thing. Now, granted, I am assuming that, you know, with uh, with the creative team that looks after Universal Orlando, uh, that they've come up with new technology to really showcase uh, the ghost effects that, that, you know, has been used in entertainment for such a long time. But I... When I read this, I'm like, okay, I need to see more. I need to yeah. see the not the ins and the outs, but I, I want to see how the concept art will uh, will allow guests to really experience this and not just be like, okay, where are we going next?
0: Mm-hmm. I, again, I you know, I'm sorry, but a haunted a haunted cemetery, it's sort of like, you know, the it's it's right up there with bologna and cheese, you know, just sort of. <laughs> Not, not, you know, the, not the most exciting, you know, uh, you know, offering. Well, this brings okay. it up
1: to guests. Uh, let's see here. Halloween Horror Nights guests will face 10 all new elaborately themed haunted houses, five scare zones, and then all the live entertainment. And as we've seen over the last, you know, since Halloween Horror Nights has begun, uh, not every maze and haunted house is going to be the best of the best. Uh, you have to try new things. And there are times that even halfway through uh, the the season, they'll come back and, and rework some of the ideas. So I'm assuming this is kind of a, a great idea to be like, okay, let's do something in a graveyard, and you know we'll we'll really see. But yeah, when it came out, I'm like, oh, okay, looks like they're just trying to get to ten.
0: <laughs> All right, well let's think good thoughts. Maybe we're, we're underestimating again. When I, I saw the name Graveyard Games, I thought, okay. Interactive or yep. sports-themed or something like that. And it was just sort of... I, I saw American Ninja Ninja Warrior in my oh, head. there we go. There we go. <laughs> something to watch, not something to do. <laughs> uh, okay, now, um, and again, no news on where this one's going to be located either. I mean, the, the news just broke today. So I, I have to assume that, you know, that hasn't filtered out just yet um oh speaking of of the location of sure. things uh it was kind of intriguing in the past week or so to watch the speculation that suddenly popped up online that they saw all of this coaster track being stored uh on the site where universal's fourth theme park is being built uh and you know, it goes Oh my god, they're getting get to get ready to put up the first coaster. It's like, well, no, that's that's not what that is. Uh that's where they're storing the coaster for or the track for Island Adventure's newest coaster, which we just found out what the name of that is, right? Dustin. Yeah, the
1: the trademark was registered and it's uh the Velocicoaster.
0: Um which OK, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, there's a part of me that actually sort of admires the fact that, OK, Velocity, um, you know, I'm moving at speed and mm-hmm. Velociraptor and Velocicoaster. And it's like, OK, all right, you know, I'll, I'll give you a solid B on that name. Um, Now, this is still, though, their attraction for summer 2020, right? Is that? The, yes.
1: Which means no. we have the entire uh, winter, su- uh, spring, and a little bit of the summertime to really clue folks in that this is going to be high-intensity, that you're traveling with with Blue and the, the Raptor Squad. And uh, when I first heard Velocicoaster, I'm like, awesome. It's not going to be another Hagrid's Magical Creature motorbike adventure. It's a single word. It'll look great in lights. Uh, it's the the track looks like it's that perfect um, color that will really blend in with uh, with the concept that they're going for, which is probably going to be through the trees, through mm-hmm. the through the. Wait a second! Doesn't that sound like Um uh, Last time I checked, velociraptors can't fly.
0: Well, but <laughs> but, but, but we're
1: trying to escape them, so you know, okay
0: it, now. Uh, have you heard anything in regard to repositioning islands, Jurassic Park to Jurassic uh, World?
1: Um, I've, I've heard both sides. And I think that that uh, conversation got escalated over the last six months with uh, the, the different logos showing up on the construction site with Jurassic Park on one side and Jurassic World on the other. I don't know if whether or not, and it's something you and I have talked about for the last you know couple of months since they we started to see the closures. And then with uh, Jurassic World showing up on the other side of uh, the U.S. over in Hollywood, would they put Jurassic World in here knowing that they are building a brand new theme park up the road and they're going to need something to really, you know, build over there? I, I, I... We've seen the the rumored attractions and IPs that are going over there. I don't know whether or not Jurassic World belongs in Islands of Adventure or if Jurassic Park, you know, belongs there and then they build that up. I just don't know. I'm excited for both. I would love to see a Jurassic World where you'd get the um oh, what is that? The gyrosphere attraction. Almost like a, a safari experience. I would love to see that, but um, yeah, Jurassic World. They still haven't made that announcement, and I want it.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, they—they. They, I hate to say it, but given the physical
0: plant that's already in place for what is it, the Jurassic Park River Adventure or whatever yep. they call it in Florida, uh, and given how well received the Jurassic World ride has been out in Hollywood, it's hard for me to to see them justifying, especially with. Uh, VelociCoaster going in them expanding their footprint you know they're mm-hmm. doing a second Jurassic you know doing Jurassic World over at Epic Universe so I again I, I'll, I'm going to be intrigued going forward uh you know and in fact it, it would be for me it would make sense that if you know as as VelociCoaster comes online uh, if we see, you know, the Jurassic Park River Ride go down in that same window of time, you know, it might be intriguing to see, you know, whether as we head into the summer of 2021, when clearly Universal is going to be looking for something to do battle with, you know, Walt Disney World with its 50th yeah with University. Guardians
1: and with everything going on,
0: you know, especially if the if what the timetable for you know, epic uh, universe is true. You know, they either opening in 2023 or 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, that would, I think be a smart play, but um, we'll have the to construction
1: see. that's over there though, is just, it's getting crazy. But I think with any sort of construction, you know, experience, you, you have to know that when they build it, they're, they're clearing land out, but don't worry all those trees and all that ambiance is going to come back like it did with Hagrid's. Um, the other thing that I, I'm very interested to see is with Velocicoaster coming online, and keep in mind, Velocicoaster hasn't been announced. It's a trademark. We've seen this before. We've seen Fantastic mm. Worlds and Epic Universe. This has happened before. But mm. with Velocicoaster coming online and being in the dead center of that skyline at, at Islands of Adventure, does this change the, um, the guest experience, whether or not they're going left or right And I think the big issue that comes with uh, islands right now is everyone goes right. They want to go to Hagrid's. They want to go and check out, uh, you know, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. And even something as crazy as uh, King Kong, when that came online – whether or not people actually went over that side and it just didn't happen. The, the crowds continued to go right. So I mm. think if they put the entrance for this on the left side of the Jurassic Park, uh, Camp Jurassic area, maybe that could skew the, the lines. That way there's an equal uh, you know, guest traffic flow.
0: Interesting idea. That'll be certainly intriguing to see which way they do do this. Um, we were talking a moment ago uh, about Universal Hollywood because, again, obviously Jurassic World just opened out there. But mm-hmm. um, did you see the survey that that popped up online uh, over the past couple of days with Universal sort of feeling folks out about uh, the tram tour? And again, remember that Universal just this year uh, celebrated the 55th anniversary of the, the launch of the, its tram tour. But they're now talking or sort of feeling folks out about how would you feel about, say, the tram Tour being an upcharge, not necessarily something you get with your admission when you go to Universal Studios Hollywood.
1: You know what? At the end of the day, an upcharge is just that. What are you getting for? What am I going to be receiving when I pay this extra money to get something that I haven't already gotten? Mm -hmm. Now, when Universal Studios Hollywood first opened up, they had... Uh, very little attractions. It was a working studio, and that's changed over the last ten to fifteen years with things like Harry Potter and The Simpsons, and more experiences showing up. The immersiveness of a theme park showing up, and yes, the the Backlot Tour is still an incredible experience, and you get to see the inner workings and. You know all the uh, the additional things that they've put online to still create that line and to make people want to go down there, but I don't I I'm, I don't know what that price point would be that would actually want me to go and stand in line to see something that we've already seen before. So I I don't know, and I know that with a a survey they're just gauging the interest, mm-hmm. but I don't. What do you think?
0: You know, I look. I, I'm a huge Hollywood history buff. Absolutely. Uh, you know, in fact, uh, I want to say a, a couple of years ago, Universal was was nice enough to invite me to out ahead of that year's Halloween Horror Night to meet with John Murdy, literally in the lower lot. And uh, they were building the From Dust to Dawn, you know, maze. Sure. And I, I will flat out tell you, Dustin, that they gave me a drive-on and that was a mistake. <laughs> um, because I got lost several times deliberately. You know, I, I, oh, should I be turning down this road? Oh, I'm on Six Corners. Oh, should I be turning down this road? Oh, I'm in Frankenstein Square. Um, Oh, Courthouse should, you know, I mean, I, I took full advantage of the fact that I, they, they, I was off the leash. You know, but to counter that with the tram tour, where it's just sort of like, if I have to go on the Universal Hollywood tram tour and go through Earthquake one more time, I'm gonna lose my mind. You know, it just it it's it was a wonderful attraction in its day, but mm-hmm. its day was 25 years ago. Yeah, you know the weird thing is I appreciate uh, King Kong 360 from a technical point of view, and it is kind of cool to you know that moment where the allosaurus's or the the, the v Rexes attack the tram car behind you and rip it off and then mm-hmm. it's like oh yeah the, the, no there is no tram car but that's kind of a cool moment mm-hmm. um and huh, fast and furious uh supercharged <laughs> um boy i don't know if that works on either coast and 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 also from friends who actually work on the lot, who talk about the fact that it's like, wow, when you have a tram car coming through every five minutes, and you know you have you hope that you're working with a tram driver who understands that when the red light is on, to not talk outside because how many takes get blown because a tram is rolling by and mm-hmm. and somebody's telling you about yes, Lucy and Ricky were in that bungalow over there. I face it, you know there are plans in the works for Hollywood about expansion. I mean, you know, hell, you, you you know you can look off of the the Frankenstein parking structure right now down into where supposedly the first Nintendo attraction is being built, mm-hmm. and you know they're also talking about where should we put Diagonal Alley and where you know how will the Hogwarts Express be set up? Sure. Um, you know I wonder if if they're going to go up charge. Why not go all the way? Why not? You know, it's like, look, if you want to do the backstage tram tour, they have the $350 VIP experience.
1: Yeah, which, by the way, if if people haven't gone online and just researched this, it's actually a very exciting experience. So you get Free Valley parking, you get the VIP lounge, you get survival kit, uh, which gives you like mints and hand sanitizer, all that stuff. But you get Mm -hmm. an expert tour guide. And they know the ins and the outs of the backlot, So you get your private trolley, you get to, you know, visit the prop warehouse, which if you are like, uh, like Jim and a huge uh, fan of everything that is like uh, film history and a film buff, that's where you want to go. Now, for me, the thing that drives me into that VIP experience is the free lunch, so that that just sees so much more of a, a a thing. But I don't know. The VIP experience, if you're really going to go all out and if they want to turn it into an upcharge where everyone who goes on the backlot tour has to be a VIP experience you know, participant, I don't know if that would get the people saying, oh, I really want to spend 350 bucks. I yeah. think we've seen... How with Disney, when they turned uh off their backlot uh tour and you know how this is how movies are made, uh-huh. it's different now versus versus when it was back in the day because so much of the movies are done with green screens yeah yeah in
0: fact, so, I, I think it's interesting to bring that up. There are so many now studio theme parks around the world,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: the hard reality is, you go to make an attraction, you know, like a you know a Mission Impossible attraction, you know, a, a, something, you know, to that effect, and you you are handcuffed by the fact that well, yes, that's C G, yes, that's green screen. And you know, I mean, for me, the virtue of the Universal lot is I, I, this thing's existed it's in 1915. This is where Lon Chaney worked and and did you know Phantom of the Opera and yeah. you know uh, you know the the Hunchback of Notre Dame and you know where Boris Karloff himself you know lumbered around in the Frankenstein monsters outfit and and that's the thing of the tram is that you now you're not really getting all all that exposed to real hollywood history you're getting earthquake you know you're getting king kong 360 you're getting you know the the the, the jaws you know lake <laughs> mechanical thing yeah um if that you're paying an upcharge just to see that old tired stuff again mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's a bad idea if on the other hand if i'm paying an upcharge for a a, an enhanced you know a a new amazing universal Tram tour that actually gets me you know in you know up close with hollywood history and 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 things like the prop department all that uh that i'd be willing to pay for
1: um like if you're going through the the tour and the regular tour goes right and mm -hmm. you all of a sudden get to go left Yep. That's that's something to me that would be incredibly exciting. But yeah, I, and I don't even know what the price point would be to really get people interested in like doing that upcharge. Because we had this chat the last; it was either the last uh, show or the show before about how Universal in Orlando was going to bring their uh, Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket online after the park closed, and it was going to be a two or five dollar charge <laughs> per experience and i'm like okay what's the break even what's what's that uh price point that when you're walking through a midway and you stop and you're like you know what i want to go on that ride oh it's two dollars awesome oh it's five dollars we'll see which uh interesting that you bring
0: this up because didn't universal just announce that they're bringing back the harry potter packages to is it at all of the hotels or is there any specific hotel in orlando
1: yeah so it looks like the uh the Wizarding world of harry potter vacation packages are uh online right now um so it is let's see here vacation packages starting at 135 per person per night based on a party of four Limited availability, of course, so check out Universal Orlando for this, but I'll, I'll just go through everything. So it's a five-night accommodations at the all-new Universal's Endless Summer Resort Surfside Inn and Suites.
0: Oh, okay. All they right. do That's have additional
1: uh, accommodations at Universal's Cabana Bay Resorts and other Universal Orlando uh, hotels. Hmm. So very important to know that it starts with Endless Summer. Uh, It gives you a five-day park-to-park ticket for Universal Studios Florida, um, Islands of Adventure, and uh, Volcano Bay. Uh, They also give you a special-themed keepsake box, which includes a welcome letter, travel planning guide, a set of luggage tags uh, featuring Harry, Ron, and Hermione, um, as well as a uh, Hogwarts Railways lanyard. Uh, the, it gives you breakfast at the Leaky, Leaky Cauldron um, or at Three Broomsticks. But this year, they brought in uh, something new on top of the keepsake box. They're actually giving you a session at Shutterbutton's photography studio in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter Diagon Alley. So you'll get one exclusive 8x10 photo print and a commemorative DVD photo album. Wow, they still do DVDs. Um, <laughs> but, oh... We'll we'll see what'll happen, but you know this type of a, a package. If you are a a huge Harry Potter fan, as most of our listeners are, you want to get the the this package because it gives you the early park admission on top of all of these extra things that you know Harry Potter fans really want. I I like the fact that they are plussing it with the photo session as well as the keepsake box, and if people are going to be going and they want harry potter why not okay. i don't know what what do you think what what would i mean you know again i, I if i were you know somebody
0: who was looking to going you know, to make a return trip mm-hmm. to to universal and you know that that and perhaps you know sample Hagrid there but you know for me you know i hate to say it the incentive is like oh cool i get to Go check out endless
1: summer yeah uh, and, and for 135 a night that's actually not bad for the orlando market
0: no i agree i agree so all right well thank you for sharing that and well speaking of uh announcements and 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 the like just last week we had our uh you know our epic universal announcement which uh, Underwhelmed a lot of folks and tell you what, when we get back from commercial break here, uh, I'll try to (laughs) provide some historic context to why it would be that it's kind of a disappointing announcement. Okay, we're back. Yeah, all right. well, Dustin, please tell your story about you know you were listening in for the the actual you know uh, the epic universe announcement last week. Uh,
1: so, as any you know person who loves theme parks, uh, the idea of a new theme park being uh, announced uh, was incredibly exciting. We didn't know that it was going to be, but let's be honest, we kind of did. Uh, as they as ten o'clock rolled around. Nothing was online. There was no communications through you know anything all the the Twitter accounts, everything like that was uh kind of quiet and what was funny was the media who were in uh the presence of this this uh press event uh they weren't able to live stream anything. so everyone who was excited about hearing what was going to happen had to basically refresh twitter uh to see oh. You know, people are sitting down. Oh, there's, you know, seats. And oh, the backdrop is is incredible. And oh, what's going to happen? But there wasn't a lot of buildup because no one was able to live stream. And Universal didn't provide a live stream themselves. So as this event, uh, this um, experience was going on, it was like, okay, well, this is, okay, we, we have the the name. Okay, it's Epic Universe. Awesome. It, uh, we understand Fantastic Worlds. It was released. Uh, Alicia over at Orlando Park Stop was like, "Yep, it was there." She she broke the news. Uh, she's actually been a really great person to follow with the day to day of this. Um, huge true. fan, huge yeah. fan. Um, yeah. And but as the 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 announcement was going on, it became evident that they weren't going to share anything. It was, "Hey, this announcement is happening. This is the name." This is, you know, we're going to spend, uh, we're going to hire another 14,000 team members. There's going to be a, a minimum uh, wage of $15 an hour. They had the, the mayor, they had the, the governor. It was very exciting, like group of people that were in one room together, but they didn't actually share anything. So, and, uh, no, well, Did
0: you catch the announcement I, I don't know if it was Tom Schroeder Or Tom Williams that said it When somebody asked them about specifics And it's like we'll reveal those At a, a later date But we have competition in this market Yeah a universe is bigger than a world Yes yes So <laughs> um, Alright so Let's talk about that concept art And, sure. and uh, Also the reaction to that concept art you know that, that uh i think my daughter alice was the one who said you know did you enjoy all the smears of paint and <laughs> you know and, and look all right you know I'm, i mean i get it you know that that's if you you look at this piece of concept art there's there's fireworks going off it's, it's you know clearly the park at night and there's mm-hmm. spotlights you know shining up into the sky and. You know, it's only when you you start to really sort of lean in and it's like try to figure out, well, what am I looking at? Um, You know, you can pick out a hotel, you can pick out an entrance corridor, and you can see sort of the the individual lands that fan out from the the center of the park. But as to the theme of these lands, um, in fact, it was kind of fascinating for me to watch the Rorschach test around the web, as people, well, that is clearly, you know, uh, you know, U- uh, Universal Classic Monsters Land, and and that's got to be, you know, How to Train Your Dragon Land, and and that's and fantastic. that's the
1: Donkey Kong attraction, and that's yeah, the yeah, and yep, it...
0: look, but here's the thing, folks. You know, in fact, I, I, you know, in prepping for today's show, I sent Dustin a pile. of of uh concept art in fact the the, i I started with the very first piece of theme park concept art and that was the drawing of disneyland that that herbie ryman did uh that you know they handed off to roy disney and he carried back to uh you know out to new york and you know convinced the executives at abc to you know put five million dollars into this park that Walt, walt wanted to build and you know, and, and, and again, in, in much, you know, just like with the Epic Universal thing, you, you, in fact, this, I found a copy of the colored version. Uh, and if you look at this thing, Dustin, you know, it's like, wow, I can see the castle and I get, you know, but it, in the, the same way that, you know, the, the, whoever put together the concept art for uh, universal or, uh, Epic universe, you mm-hmm. know, uh, tried to obscure things with fireworks. So the, uh, you know, the, the, the searchlights, you know, crossing the sky, you know, here's here's an aerial balloon over a part of the, mo- you know, just sort of like, hey, look at that, hey, ignore what's below it, because it's like, you know, when you really start looking at it and comparing this image to the Disneyland that actually got built, it's like, well, wait a minute, uh, Jungle Cruise is in on the wrong side of the map, and yeah. likewise, the castle is backwards, and uh, what's the deal with the, the the circus tent out behind Main Street where Adventureland is? I mean, it just this is what you do when you're putting a theme park out there, you know that, at least initially. I mean, you're 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 selling the sizzle because you're not sure what sort of stake you're making yet, you know. In, in fact, that that to me is what's genuinely fascinating about these sorts of images. I mean, take for example. When Universal first revealed that they were going to expand their Orlando resort, that was September of '93, Dustin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and New York Times ran a story where you know there is a three billion dollar ten year plan that uh, you know Universal you know has decided they're going to be seriously competitive to Disney. They're going to build five hotels and a brand new gate. And but you and I both know, you know, for example. They didn't make the the deal for uh, you know the rights of the Marvel characters to what April of ninety four and 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 they didn't cut the deal with Audrey Geisel for this Doctor Seuss characters till I want to say a month or two months after that. Um, so you know they're announcing, hey, we're building ten billion you know three billion dollars worth of stuff, and what is that stuff going to be? And it's like, can we get back to you on that? You know, and again, uh, to sort of jump ahead here, um, I've got that image of Epcot circa 1978. And boy, you know, when you looked at the concept painting for Epcot then, well, first of all, where the American Adventure Theater is today Mm -hmm. is the Friendship Bridge. Um, You know, and in fact, what's fascinating about, if you're looking at this image, Dustin, if you go to sort of the 6 o'clock position, you see that there's there's another lake that was supposed to be built behind World Showcase Lagoon. Yep. Um, at the 6 o'clock position, Dick Nunes uh, did an interview about five months before Epcot opened in 1982 and talked about the expansion plans. And he was like, oh, yeah, we have room for a second lagoon out behind uh, American Adventure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're toying with putting, like, five more countries back there after we fill up all the slots around uh, World Showcase. And not only that, we're going to do an Australia pavilion that features a hotel. So you would have been able to stay inside uh, Epcot. Anyway, to to redirect your attention out to, like, 12 o'clock or thereabouts, uh, there's—if you look at all of the pavilions around World Showcase— can you identify a single one of them? Uh, I see. I see
1: a windmill. So mm-hmm. I, I think that there's at least a uh, you know Norway, Denmark, you know Scandinavian countries. Okay. Um, I that Canada doesn't look like Canada. The UK doesn't look like the UK. It looks like mm-hmm. everything is kind of like what they've done from this concept art was just showcase that we're bringing architecture from around the world mm-hmm. and. This is what's going to differentiate it from future world.
0: Now, it's interesting you bring up the World Showcase area, because if I'll direct your attention now to the other image I sent you, this is World Showcase from 1974, from when they were going to build it. uh, Well, first of all, they were still trying to save the middle of Disney World property for Epcot the city. Yep. Yep. So what they decided to do with World Showcase is literally build it uh, at the edge of the ticket and transportation center. This is a chunk of the parking lot that's been repurposed. And this is uh, honestly a fascinating take on, you know, and again, in this iteration of the plan, it was known as the Walt Disney World Showcase. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I'll, I'll read you the D23 pulled up an old description of the plan. It shows a pair of semicircular buildings located on Seven Seas Lagoon across from Magic Kingdom in an area adjacent to the Trichester Transportation Center. The environments would have been housed entirely inside of the pavilions, leaving the exterior's uniform and of similar frontage. So the idea was that if, you know, you were a teeny tiny country, say Costa Rica, mm-hmm. uh, and you were put right next door to, you know, the USSR, Um, you know, but you'd have the same sort of storefront, you know, the, the key idea was that depending on how much you wanted to spend on your privilege is how deep
1: it would go. Yeah, just think about going to a mall, you, you walk through a mall and all of the entrances are Mm -hmm. similar lengths, but it's how deep things go and whether or not the, the backs of the stores kind of wrap around some of the other stores. It's it's that same style. And what's interesting about that piece of concept art, and I, I just love looking at, you know, uh, with hindsight being as it is, mm-hmm. the fact that the transportation and ticket center is walking distance to yeah. this park. It's right there. Yeah. But we're talking about concept art. Concept art is giving people an idea Mm -hmm. before things are, you know, put in the ground, before tractors show up and people realize, oh, look, a sinkhole. Um, That kind of stuff happens in Florida. So, yeah, I just love this concept art, though. This is amazing.
0: Okay, and now the final chunk, if you'll jump to the Walt Disney World uh, concept art from 1969. Uh, This is actually the cover of uh, a, a magazine that was handed out to get people excited about the property, and it's basically a five or ten thousand foot view over uh, Seven Seas Lagoon and Bay Lake. I don't need to tell you, Dustin, that that looking at this artwork, uh, you know, between the you know the the Polynesian Hotel that looks like something out of Hawaii Five O, or yep. uh, the Asian Hotel that that was. Built on the spot that eventually became the Grand Floridian, or for that matter, the fact that we've got the the Blue Dome of the Persian Hotel, and mm-hmm. you know what's interesting is where the Persian was supposed to be built is where the dry dock is right now for the uh, you know the, the you know all of the watercraft. So if you look up at say the one o'clock position in this art, please note that where. You know the canal where the uh, the water pageant you know comes and goes every night. Yeah. Um. That's where the dry dock for the park was going to be built. Uh. You know all of the watercraft at the end of the day was going to go up that that canal and go back to its facility. And, and eventually, you can see there's a connecting you know waterway that would have taken people or allowed you know the the watercraft that was also uh,
1: on um, on the rivers of America.
0: Rivers of America. Um, but but seriously, take a look and again, I, I, I apologize because it's, you know, again, it's a 10,000 foot view, so it's hard to get a sense of, you know, from the buildings and the layouts, but that's a very different Magic Kingdom you know, we're looking at there it looks like, for example, virtually all of Tomorrowland uh, including Spaceship Earth is, is undercover you know, yep. I mean, which again in rainy, desperately needed air-conditioned Florida uh, makes perfect sense. In fact, for me, that's what I find intriguing when you look back to like Fantasyland, the giant show buildings that mm-hmm. suggest the same thing. It's just sort of like we're in Florida. We need to be undercover. We need to, you know, uh, provide you know more opportunities for people to get out of the rain and get into the air conditioning. Again, this is a plan that Disney put out in you know in 1969, as in this is what we're going to build. And by 1971, if you, you know, you took your brochure with you and it's like, hey, I want to go to that Polynesian hotel, you know, it's like, uh, where's the tall building? It's like, well, uh, how about the Venetian hotel?
1: We didn't build that, (laughs) you know. uh, know. It's okay that the Poly will eventually have that structure. It'll just be, you know, their pool, Um, Uh, things like that, but. You know, it's I I think one of the things that looking back on concept art and, you know, as technology changes and knowing that all of these theme parks are being built on computers, they can go in and say, "Okay, this is the view that you're going to get when you're standing at this exact moment on this exact day with this backdrop. Mm -hmm. And I think this is probably the first time in in the U.S. that we're going to see those types of sight lines show up and the you know the the fact that Epic Universe yes there's a lot of information that's out there and a lot of people have been able to dissect all of the different you know concepts uh, pieces from the the Monsters Land to hey the Weenie's going to be the hotel and there's going to be uh, you know, all these different things going on. But keep in mind, we are four years out and, that and things not change. Not to put too, too fine a point on it. Remember, September
0: of 1993, New York Times reveals that Universal Parks and Resorts is doing this $3 billion expansion. Sure. We then had to wait till May of 1997 before the details finally began to emerge about you know, what was going to be in the second gate. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, there'd be these things that would bubble up. You know, for example, you know, almost from the get-go, uh, when, when you know, Universal started to sort of tease at things uh, in 94, it was like, well, the new park is definitely going to have a Jurassic World section. And there would be these little bits and things that sort of would leak out about, you know, they've been talking with Audrey Geisel. They've been talking with you know, there's going to be a cartoon section to to sort of compete with, you know, Fantasyland and, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. But yeah, I you know, so I guess, you know, to sort of bring this to a close here, folks, it's sure. like, realistically, uh, especially if we are in fact looking at a 2023 or a 2024 opening, we should anticipate we're probably not going to get any significant details till 2020 or 2021. In fact, not to put a B in Universal's bonnet, but wouldn't that be a a fun way to spoil Disney's 50th anniversary to, (laughs) you know, say over the course of that year, you know, release information about, you know, the, the various worlds that will make up Epic Universe and, I I guess that's the other final note here, Dustin. That that's to to circle back to that piece of concept art. Sure. um, What's different about that to you? What what lead? You know, when you look at that design, what's different?
1: Uh, Like, sorry, we're talking about the Epic Universe concept art, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for me, uh, I look at the fact that the concept art is, uh, you know, it's not a traditional. Uh, theme park there's a lot of as we've talked about actually there you can see some of the entrances into the immersive locations. So I see it, it similar to what we talked about on a, a previous show, if this is going to be a, a a universal park where you walk in and then you have to tap into these immersive locations. It would make sense that a hotel could be on that location without having to worry about security and, you know, who's coming in and who's going out. That was the first thing that came to my mind. But okay. um, what what did you see? Well, I, I, the thing that that
0: struck me is – and again, if you, you look at the concept art, you can see the – all right, so – you know say three o'clock position there's supposedly the nintendo or excuse me the uh nine o'clock position nintendo land 11 o'clock yes. it's, it's universal monsters uh two o'clock is you know supposedly our fantastic harry potter area and then say at the four or five o'clock position we've got uh how to train your dragon yes you know what i don't see connective tissue okay they, there is, you know, you know, for example, you know how you're at Disneyland, and you can walk up Big Thunder Way, going through Frontierland, and come in the back door at Frontier, at Fantasyland, or you know you can walk around the Matterhorn from Fantasyland, and you know be in Tomorrowland. Or yeah, you know, there's transi- no there's no
1: back um back hub and spoke. There's no connective tissue that connects. You know, from this it looks like when you go in to Classic Monsters or whatever they're going to build. There's one entrance in and one entrance out.
0: That's it. Exactly. These are these are self-contained worlds. What's kind of intriguing about this, at least when you consider that the convention center is just a, a short walk away, mm-hmm. um, when you begin to look think about what Universal's business plan here is, and you know, say you're a giant corporation like Apple or McDonald's or. You know, that sort of thing. And you Mm -hmm. want to do something special for your employees as part of when you're holding intervention at, you know, down in Orlando, you know, so wouldn't it be cool if, you know, you bought out for the night, the entire universal classic monsters land or, or for that matter, did the same thing with fantastic beasts. Yep. You know, uh, and you know, you had that land entirely to yourself. You lived in that world for a night.
1: You you bring up probably the best spot, and I I I hate to jump in at this exact moment, but when you look at the concept art and you see that staged arena, yeah. where people are saying, "Oh, maybe Beetlejuice is coming back," is this or is this not a potential sales uh, tactic for the convention space to say? We're going to allow, you know, we're going to have people come in and buy out Universal Monsters. That's fine. But imagine being able to also hold your presentations, your sales meetings, that kind of a thing on that stage at nighttime.
0: Well, uh, let me throw an additional idea on the fire here. Sure. That, that term chatting with, with folks who were sort of still spitballing uh, Fantastic Worlds. But with the notion that, again, this is the theme park that's closest to uh, the convention center and that, you know, people will want to be able to do special activities, you know, like trust building. Mm -hmm. So thinking about that, you know, thinking about you're trying to get people to work as a team. So how would you like to be say as a team trapped in the dungeon at Dracula's castle, and you have to work together in a, a team building trust building exercise to escape that space? This is this is what's in, intriguing about uh, what they're supposedly considering for Epic Universal. Much in much the same way in the, how in you know every uh, you know theme park there were private dining rooms off of restaurants and you know the, the the like, but the notion of you're building this close to a place where tens of thousands of people you know sometimes are in a day you know mm-hmm. for, to, for yeah. and the fact that you want to be able to offer these giant corporations something special. Just you know, again, sort of t- tuck that in your back pocket and and think about that because that's this is this is why this park is is going to be different in so many you know so many ways than say what Disney's doing up the street and and not to belabor the obvious but Disney came within inches of building something just like this. Do you remember Night Kingdom? Yes, I do. You know the whole notion of that park was that during the day this would be the place where you could do like you could have these amazing encounters with animals but you could also climb cave walls and do zip lines and, and that sort of thing and, and it, it would only then open to the public at night yeah. uh, but during the day it was going to be this special corporate facility so you know catering to conventions and you know i can't help but think that here's disney proposed this idea and then didn't have the guts to go through with it i mean don't get me wrong individual chunks of what was supposed to be night kingdom like the wild africa trek did eventually show up but were show, folded into animal kingdom but mm-hmm. you know here's here's universal rolling the dice in a billion dollars sort of way to create a park that that yes will you know can entertain the public but Also can make buku bucks off of, you know, who's ever holding convention up the street. So going to be a very interesting project to follow, especially uh, in, say, two years time when they're finally willing to reveal who's who or what is going into this park. So um, but I would imagine uh, over at your other podcast, you'll be keeping tabs on on this as well, Dustin. And can you uh, tell the listeners what's
1: going on in your side of the fence? For sure. But before we jump over that, one of the things that we could talk about with regards to, you know, spitballing between now and I don't know, November mm-hmm. is with Universal coming up with so much of, you know, these these exciting announcements from, you know, Hagrid's to the, the Velocicoaster and everything. You want to be down in November at uh, the Universal Orlando Resort with uh, myself and Jim.
0: That's right. That's right. Hopefully, by then, we'll have some more stories actually to share about uh, Epic Universe. But okay, we'll talk
1: about our holiday event. Uh, you, give right. the folks
0: so, a rundown on that.
1: So, um, November 15th through until the 18th, uh, we are at the uh, Lowe's Sapphire Falls Resort. Um, we've got daily experiences. It's the, you know, a few days after the holiday uh, experiences at Universal are you know light switched on so we'll be able to really see what universal has in store to create this uh this magical experience uh with everything from universal's holiday parade fe- uh, featuring macy's to uh the grinchmas hooliday spectacular and the magic of christmas at hogwarts castle at the end of the day if you are a universal fan and by this point in the in the podcast my assumption is that you are a Universal fan because we got through uh, Epic Universe as well as now talking about our event. You really want to join us down there. So head over to storybookdestinations.com. At the top of the website, there is a uh, little widget that you click on. It's Jim Hill slash Disney Dish. Click on that and, uh, uh, you know, it's holidays. At Universal, you want to spend it with us.
0: <laughs> okay, nice plug. And speaking of plugs, what's going on on your side of the fence?
1: Sure. So I've got steps to magiccom That's uh, Universal and Disney trip planning. New stuff being folded in all the time with all of the different closures and, you know, dominoes falling at Epcot and Magic Kingdom and everything like that. Uh, as well, we've got the, um, uh, a podcast that I started with two other uh, theme park fans. It's the We Like Theme Parks podcast. Uh, if you're a, a fan of theme parks, just head over there. Uh, you know, we, we try and uh, bring the lighter side of uh, of theme parks and talking about where our money would actually go, uh, but we just have fun with it, and it's it's similar to uh, the Universal Joint, by the way. Of you know, we just have fun with uh, with theme parks, so that's where I'm at. And uh, I think you're up to what seven shows? I I, I have
0: lost count at this point. <laughs> you know, it's, all right, so it's uh, Disney Dish with Lantesta. Uh, we just recorded a brand new show of that today. Uh, Fine tuning. Uh, with Drew Taylor, and geez, we just recorded a brand new show of that today, too. And, of course, Marvel Us Disney, the podcast that discusses what's going on in the Marvel side of, of the company. Uh, we, of course, have the podcast that, that Dustin and I do here, Universal Joint, and good lord, tomorrow I'm gonna uh, you know, uh, recording a, a new episode of uh, I Want That with Michelle Valladolid, which is our Disney merch podcast, and uh if i don't fall over first i'm actually recording a <laughs> looking at lucasfeld with dan z tonight so that's four podcasts in one day and boy am i getting tired of listening to myself <laughs> um anyway um well folks if you like uh what dustin and i do both uh, you know with, with his, his podcast and, and mine if you get head over to itunes and rate and recommend our show that would be incredibly helpful uh, likewise, if you really, really, really like what we do here, if you could head over to Bandcamp uh, and subscribe, that helps keep the lights on. And I guess that's it for now, though I would imagine by the time Dustin and I circle back into doing another Universal Giant, there will be even more news to share and hopefully maybe something <laughs> definitive or you know at least solid about Epic Universe.
1: I think the phrase is, we're going to find something epic for the next show.
0: (laughs) All right. Here's hoping. All right. Till then, folks, thanks for listening, and we'll be back.